1: I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Friday. I hope your week is treating you well. Today I am sharing the audio from an Instagram live we did this week about body image. It's a live Q&A about how we experience our bodies, how to deal with generational fat shaming, how to grow in our health while not trying to lose weight, and so much more. A little warning that it is an Instagram Live, so there are conversations with people joining us live and things that may sound strange for a podcast, but it's a conversation I wanted as many people as possible to hear, so I figured let's share it on the podcast as well because I really believe in what we're talking about. All right, let's dive into the live. Today we are doing a live chat talking about body image. I don't think I've ever done this before, like a live. I've definitely done a podcast talking about body image before. Um, But today we're going live. I'm so excited. If you're here, hello, hi, and you have questions, pop them in. I also have a list of questions here that have been sent in ahead of time. So I'm going to go ahead and answer them because I'm going to be, I have a lot to say. And so I'm going to, I'm not going to like play the game of like, nice, you know, the Instagram live things that we always say, I'm really just going to hop right into the content. (laughs) So if you guys have questions again, let me know in the comments below, but otherwise I will go through this list of ones that have been sent in. Uh, so the first one that I have, we'll start light. I said, how do you shop for clothes that aren't baggy? I always tend to buy baggy and I'm frump girl. Um, so I also kind of tend to shop baggy. I think that's just kind of the aesthetic right now is kind of oversized clothes. But back in the day when that wasn't the case for me, I had to come to grips with the part of me oh, yay, I got this in Newly, too. Um, I had to come to grips with the part of me that was uncomfortable with the fact that I was fat. (laughs) So um, I think that... Oftentimes in my life, I used to try to pretend like if I hid or made myself really put really flattering clothing on, then like people wouldn't know. And I could like hide, (laughs) I could hide it or something. So, you know, I'd like sit with like a pillow in front of me or something like that. Like, oh, this is gonna really trick everybody. Um, So the more comfortable I got with the fact that everybody has fat on their body, everybody has a different amount of fat on their body, um, and it's going to sit in different places, the more comfortable I got with that, the more comfortable I got with the fact that like, oh, well, then I have a certain amount. It sits in different places on my body, and it looks a certain way, and like, it just is what it is. It's just a body. Um, So that allowed me the freedom to not worry so much about if my clothes made me look a certain way. Um, you know, that whole trope of like women asking, like, does this make my butt look big, which we don't mind anymore, but like that whole trope is, is, it's a weird thing, right? Like this idea like my clothes make me look thinner or bigger. Like we are what we are. Like we are just, and everybody knows, like (laughs) we're not hiding anything. Um, now the idea of something being flattering or not flattering, I've personally released, Oh, thank you. Um, I am married though. Um, I've personally released the concept that anything should be flattering on my body. Like I just don't worry about that anymore. Um, Sometimes those thoughts creep up, but like that's just not a high priority for me. For me, I want to wear clothes that make me feel good. Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel um, like I can be myself in these clothes? That's a more important question to me than how do these clothes look on my body? That being said, for me, baggier clothes feel more fun to live in, right? I can have more fun in them. Um, but sometimes when I wanna feel really confident or really good, I'll wear like a crop top or I'll wear something that's a little bit tighter. And um, the where I practically find those clothes, I think that's another question is because so often, um, there's just not options out there. Where I find those clothes, I have a new and I do do that subscription, which helps me a lot. Um, it's like a monthly subscription. They send you item, six, six items of clothing and you get brands that like I never thought I'd be able to wear, like Anthropology and Free People. Um, and you get really nice clothes and you get to wear them for the month and then you can send them back or you can purchase them. So that's on clothes. If you have more questions about that, let me know. We have so many questions and I have a lot to say. Okay. Next is, can you talk about this through the lens of the Enneagram? Because as a four, body image is tricky. I do know that fours tend to really struggle with this. And I think particularly anyone in the image conscious triad, two, three, four, are going to struggle with this maybe a little bit more. Um, I, but I really think about the Enneagram as like nine unique pressures. So we're going to in, integrate body image through that lens, right? So, um, type ones who believe they have to be morally above reproach can look at body image as like a moral issue or like, how do I treat my body? Is that good or bad? Um, is my body good or bad? Um, type two is right. You're looking through the lens of, am I likable? Am I lovable? So then you're going to treat your body as is it likable is it lovable threes is it successful fours am I good enough am I um am I bad am I innately bad is there something really wrong with me something really rejectable in me um so that information like look at it through the lens of your Enneagram type just like you would any Enneagram growth which is the idea that like this is just a limitation we've put on ourselves like we do not have to operate with this mindset we get to choose to operate operate out of any of the enneagram types at any time and so when we start to hear these kind of intrusive thoughts that can happen with our body kind of pausing just like we do with any enneagram work pausing and saying where is this coming from what am I afraid of? And what's another way I could think about this? What's another way I can approach this? And I'll share some more ways in which like that's looked for me as we get into more questions, but just remember, you're going to be prone to interacting with your body in the same way that you're prone to interacting with relationships because it is a relationship that you're in. So you're, you're it's going to be similar to any other relationship that you have. You're looking at it through this lens of your unique Enneagram pressure, and then you need to pause and choose something else. So I'll, yeah, I'll, we'll get more into that in a second. Um, question number three is, did you ever hate your body? Yes. (laughs) Um, of course, like I grew up like a redhead chubby girl in America, like in the nineties, like, yes, I hated my body. Um, and I was trained to hate my body. I was taught to hate my body. I started dieting when I was nine years old, like it's messed up. (laughs) So, um, Yes, I absolutely did. And it took me years of, of work and rethinking things and reorienting the way that I engage with myself and the world to change and get to the point where I am now. Um, so yes, absolutely. <laughs> so much. Um, next is what to be confident, but I want to be confident but only advice I read is to give your body affirmation and it feels weird. Yeah. I think affirmations feel weird too. Like I'm going to like, I currently hate my body. Right. Or like, let's say I do. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, my body is beautiful. (laughs) Like, I don't No, It feels like I'm lying. It feels like make-believe. So, um, hi Robin. Um, so what i say instead is um pay attention to who you're surrounding like what information you're taking in and i really believe that we can positively brainwash ourselves so whatever you're watching whatever you're reading whatever you're listening to it's getting into your brain right and it's impacting the way that you think so if you're surrounded by people who talk about other people's bodies in negative ways you're going to take that in um i've talked about this before but back in like 2014, I want to say I did a self portrait series. And I photographed like each of my insecurities and wrote about them. And in that process, I realized every single insecurity that I had, I had adopted from someone else, whether it was an insecurity that they talked to me about that they had, or whether it was a criticism that they were giving to someone else, whether it was you know some i heard it somewhere this is a thing that you should be worried about and then i took that on as my own and i carried it around in my little pocket of things to be worried about and through that i became really conscious of how i talk about myself around other people but also how i talk about other people i am i have just like a zero tolerance policy for talking about the appearance of others in a negative way if it's not directly positive we don't do it. Um and that impact, that's also information as to how who I spend time with. If I'm spending time with people and they just talk about the way other people look, that's not interesting to me. I don't I'm not going to surround myself with those people in the same way, right? Who I follow on social media, I follow a lot of people who look like me. Uh I I had this realization one time because I kind of had a crush on a guy <laughs> back in, when I was younger and he had a belly And I never really thought of myself. I never really thought about body types and what I was attracted to. Right. But he had like this really soft, squishy belly and I became like, I loved it. Like I got like a crush on that part of his body specifically. And it was a moment of like, oh, we choose what we like based off of what we're pouring love into. Um, And because I already had feelings for him, like that part of him became really exciting and beautiful to me because I wanted it to be, you know what I mean? And, um, it's, y'all, I have a 15 minute time limit on Instagram and it keeps trying. It's telling me we'll turn it off in a second. Um, someone said, I know someone who posted about her weight loss saying how she let herself go. And she was a hot mess. I thought, wow, she thinks that about herself. What does she think about me? Yes, exactly. Which is like, there are so many people in the world. There are so many incredible people in the world who are not looking at things that way and who are not looking at you that way. And, who, and this, we're going to get more into that. But really, at the end of the day, people's experience with our bodies is actually their experience with their body and their fear. So if someone thinks like there's something wrong with my body, it's actually just giving information about how they're experiencing the world and what they think they're allowed to be. Um, it really has not very much to do with me at all because that would be weird for them to be obsessed with my body. Okay. So, so instead of doing body affirmations, stay, like surround yourself with people who don't talk about things like that. Um, pay attention to what you're putting into your brain, intentionally put things into your brain that show you that different types of bodies are incredible and beautiful. Um, I follow a ton of women online who show their stomachs, who show their cellulite. Um, and I, I, I love it. Um, That being said, another thing to do, and this is going to sound a little saucy, but the truth is like one of the best things that you can possibly do for your body image, in my opinion, is spend a significant amount of time naked. So whether that's if your kids and your husband or your partner or your roommates or whoever leaves the house, um, your wife, you know, whoever, be home alone naked. (laughs) Be in your room naked. Do as much as you can naked because It's really just dad, like your body, just your body. Like, it's not like something to be. It's not, first of all, it's not here to be visually appealing to other people. But the more you look at it, the more you realize, like, it looks pretty good. Like, it's fun it's it's nice to look at if you spend time with your body um but if you keep hiding it and if you keep not looking at it it's the same thing like i talked about that guy i had a crush on it's like the more you pour love into it the more you look at it the more you appreciate it the more you're going to like it like it becomes something that you really enjoy and that's the same thing for like touching your own body like feel your body. Um, tactily. like I feel amazing to touch. Like I'm soft and I'm warm and I'm comforting. Like it feels good to, you know, be with your body, have that closeness with your body. Um, Okay. Let's move on to another question. Ways to respond to people who are immersed in diet culture and wellness. So here's the thing for me. I think it depends on the level of a relationship you want to have with that person. So let's say that I am having coffee with someone and they're talking about like the latest cleanse that they're on. I'm probably just going to let them have that. Like I'm not going to try and solve that for them. I'm not trying to fix that for them. If this is someone who I would like to spend a significant amount of time with, I'm probably going to say like, Hey, just a heads up, like this isn't something that like I can really talk about with you. And for me specifically, like I struggle more with restrictive eating and like overly limiting my consumption and like telling myself like I can get caught up real fast into like wellness culture. And so I have to be really protective of my body and my, my mind in that way. So I would probably have a conversation if it's someone I wanted to spend more time with um, and I would just say like, hey, that doesn't feel good to me. I'm I'm glad that's working for you. That makes you happy. But like for me, that's not something that I want to do. If they have questions about that, I will share with them things that I know why, you know, why it doesn't work for us, why it's not serving us, what's actually harmful. But in general, I will gauge that based on the amount of a relationship I want to have. If I don't want to have much of a relationship, I'm not going to take that battle on. If I do want to have a really close relationship, then we'll have the conversation. Um, okay, so next question, how to handle comments from family. They respond with, we care about you when, we, when asked to stop okay this is a hard one <laughs> I've had this conversation with my family so um, the boundary that I have with my family is like do not talk to me about my body do not talk to me about the diet that you're on um do not talk to me about the diet you think I should be on like none of that is welcome and here's the thing with boundaries up okay um here's the thing with boundaries boundaries have to to have a consequence. There has to be a correlated consequence. Otherwise, it doesn't. it's make-believe. The boundary is not real. So if you say to your family, hey, I do not want you talking to me about my body. I do not want you talking to me about like what you think I should be doing with my body, how my body should look. And then when they do that, there is no consequence. Then we're training them that it's totally okay for them to do that and that they're gonna just continue to do that. When they say, "But we care about you," say, "If you cared about me, you would care about my mental health and you would let my physical health be between me and my doctor because that is the only two people whose business it is and if you want a relationship with me, that requires that you respect my boundaries because this boundary is not written respected I'm gonna need a little bit of time you know whatever your consequence is for me, it would just be like i'm gonna take I'm gonna go ahead and hang up the phone now um." I'll call you when I'm ready. So yeah, that that's, there has to be a consequence to the boundary or the boundary is not real. And if they care about you, they care about your mental health and your boundaries. How do you heal from generational body image shaming? So this is a big thing for most of us, right? Like, especially um, people who grew up as women in our society, (laughs) like we're trained it's, it's just so deep. Like my mother got it from her mother who got it from her mother. Um, and the way that I've personally healed from it is one setting that boundary of like, we don't talk about it because quite frankly, the biggest body shamers in my life were my mom and my grandma. So like the people who I learned to hate myself from are people who learn to hate themselves from the people who learn you know what I mean? Like, it's just It's, brought down. Um, My friend Hillary has a really good book called Mother's Daughters and Body Image. Definitely worth a check out. Um, But in general, I would say just remember that like they're getting it from someone. This is all about them. (laughs) Like my mom pushing me to diet at such a young age was pushing me because she was scared that I would feel the way that she feels about her body, which is actually none of my business. Um, Her relationship to her body should belong to her and should not have been projected onto me. And therefore, like, I get to decide what my relationship to my body is outside of her influence. And it's... um, that training of our children to be obsessed with their bodies and how visually appealing we are as women specifically is weird. And we get to look at it as like, this is actually not normal and not okay. As widely rampant as it is, it's still not okay. So we get to look at our relationship to our body outside of that and remember that that's their business. It's not really about us. Uh, Let me know if you have questions about that. That's just kind of my first answer. The next one is the, how do you, you ignore the voice telling you to lose weight? The hardest thing for me is seeing pictures of myself and getting surprised with my new body. Um, this is really hard. And I will say like, this isn't something that really has ever gone away for me. Um, every once in a while I'll see a photo of myself and I'll be like triggered. Um, and I'll think, oh, I have, I should be really obsessed with this thing. A few things that have helped me, um, first I highly prioritize my health. Health is really important to me. Um, but I've had to separate health from body image, right? So like my body can look the way that it looks and I can still be healthy. Um, there's health at every size. It's like a whole, um, I want to say the not theology, but like whole, <laughs> a whole, um, theory or concept that many nutritionists take on. And I'm a big fan of it, which is just that like your body actually isn't an indicator of how healthy you are. Um, you can have health outside of how your body looks. So that has helped me a lot to separate because I found my worth in like how healthy I am. That being said, um, we deserve love and safety even when we're not healthy. Right. And we, um, when we see our photos of ourselves, and we have that situation when we're like, oh, I see a photo of myself, and I think I I need to like go on a really strict diet. I need to become obsessive about my food. When that happens, a, a couple of things have helped me a lot. The first is remembering that like when I look back at my life and the diets that I went on, how horribly unhealthy they were. So I remember like in high school, I would eat just popcorn and diet coke, like that was a diet, I, and I was in Weight Watchers, and I was like. Losing weight and I was getting praised for it, but I was not eating nutritious. I wasn't like doing a good job. And these diets that I was going on was that were actually training me into an unhealthy relationship with food where I didn't know like how to fuel my body properly until I was much older because I was so obsessed with eating as little as possible and losing as much weight as I could. And so I have to remember that like losing weight isn't always the healthiest thing for me. Um, and we're, it's so hard to do because we're so trained to believe that. But for me, it's like, am I moving my body? Am I drinking a lot, plenty of water? Um, when I look at a meal, does that meal have car, like, Complex carbs, protein, does it have healthy fats? Does it have fiber? Does it have nutrients? Like, what is this, what is this offering to my body? Instead of like, is this as little food as I can possibly eat so that I can become smaller so that I can make other people more comfortable with me? That's not the goal, right? Um, so please let me know if I, again, I'm just like answering the first thing that comes to my mind, but I have so much to say. So if you have clarifying questions, drop them in the comments below. Um, <clears throat> so when it comes to how do you ignore that voice? So let's say I get triggered. Ignoring that voice, first of all, is just taking a pause and remembering that like okay, this is just a, this is just a thought. I'm just having this thought. Um this thought makes me feel this way. Um sometimes certain diets will be really tempting to me, but then I I pause and I say this is a thought. And then remember what it was like Remember what it's like in reality. The last time that I went on a diet, I tried, um, noom, which seemed like so modern and so like, um, not unhealthy. (laughs) And then I was eating less than 1200 calories a day, friends. Like, I was not eating enough food. And I went out with some friends and we were talking about it. And a friend asked me like, well, how many calories are you eating? And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, 1150 a day. And she was like, that's not enough for a child. Like that's not enough food for a child. And, um, and I was like, I did it again. <laughs> like, I just like got so carried away into this idea that like, I cannot safely focus on weight loss. Like that is not something that I can do in a healthy way because I am so comfortable not eating food. Like I could do that. I am too comfortable with that. So, um, it is not healthy for me and it is not helping me have a sustainable, healthy relationship mentally, emotionally, or physically to my body, which is the literally the only thing that I'm going to have with me until I die. Like it's, it's like me and you build, like we're together and I want this relationship to be as healthy and as loving as possible and consistently trying to fix or change or shift her is not working. Um. We're gonna get into like, what does it look like if you wanna be healthy at the same time in just a second, but that's not the goal, right? Like, the goal is to have, like, how much love can I have here? Don't you love it when you make a small change and suddenly everything becomes so much easier? That's what it's like when you start hiring with Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Now, one of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. You guys have no idea how hard it is to hire if you've not done it before, but it is a journey. And if you have done it before, you know what I'm talking about. You're putting your ads on all of these random websites. You're getting an influx of applications which like 90% of which are not people who are qualified for the job and if you're like me you accidentally sometimes hire people who are not qualified for the job and then they you go through all of the effort of onboarding them and training them and you realize this person is not going to make my life easier and it's not their fault it's because I hired poorly that's why we need help like we definitely need help so when you sponsor an indeed post you actually get four port 0.5 0.5 times more likely to get a hire according to Indeed data worldwide because Indeed puts you in control of what you pay. You set your must have job requirements and only pay for the applications that meet them. So there's a transparent flat fee per application, and you can pause your job posting whenever you want. No other job site takes care of you like Indeed does, because with Indeed, you only have to pay if an applicant meets your must-have requirements, which honestly is important for me because I need to limit myself in that way so that I'm only hiring qualified people. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And Indeed's doing something no other job site has done. Now with Indeed, businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com/egram to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com/egram. That's indeed.com/egram. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
0: Indeed.
1: Um, so next question. Um, it said you are beautiful, but how are you or anyone okay with seeing tons of photos of yourself all the time? <laughs> um yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I used to back in the day, I used to like edit myself in photos, which I don't do anymore. Um, so I know that there has been discomfort with seeing myself in photos in the past. I currently don't have that experience. Um, but I honestly think it comes from seeing more and more people with different bodies on my feed. So the more like fat women I follow who show their bodies, um, uh, yeah. Someone said I've woken up in the middle of the night with headaches because I tried to eat as little as possible for dinner. Like, why are we doing that? I understand, but why are we doing it? Um, and so, yeah. So with that being said, um, now i think that i'm comfortable looking at my body because i've just seen so many bodies that look like mine who i think are beautiful quite frankly i've just embraced like having so many people's bodies on my feet who look similar to me um who wear less clothes than me on their photos and i just feel more like okay with the fact that everybody is different I also have a little bit of a neutrality to my body at this point. So my journey, it started with wanting to love my body, wanting to think my body was beautiful and sexy and like exciting. Um, and I think that was a necessary phase for me to go through. But now I'm more just kind of like bodies are bodies. Like, like it, and it's none of, nobody else's business. Like if someone is attracted to my body, like cool. If they're not also cool, like it really just has nothing to do with me. And my body is not here for your Viewing pleasure or viewing displeasure it really just has nothing to do with anyone else. And its only job is to like get me through life. And from that kind of seven lens, its only job is to like let me enjoy my life. And so am I enjoying my life? Yes. OK, cool. Me and my body are doing great. Um, <clears throat> Kelly says, I honestly think having larger body types in my feet is changing my brain. Yes, it, it really is so helpful. Like I really think it's one of the most important things that I did on my journey. Um, okay. Next question. Working so hard to prepare my body. I feel it on the inside, but when I look in the mirror, I feel such a shame tips for feeling confident during my journey. Um, I think they were saying heal, heal my body. Um, yeah. So I feel it on the inside. When I look in the mirror, I feel shame. I think again, I I'm just going to keep saying like, surround yourself with people who look like you or like on social media. Don't spend time with people who talk bad about other people's bodies. Be more, spend more time naked. <laughs> um, look at yourself in the mirror, get really comfortable with the fact that like, this is just a body. Like this is just where your body looks like. Everybody's different. And everybody has like different things, put different places like fat that, you know, some people have like more fat in their arms. Some people have more fat in their butts. Some people have more fat on their hips. Like it's just different. Like everybody's different and it's just like molecules and it's, it's just atoms built up into look like a certain thing that we think is supposed to be something so much deeper than it is, but it's just, it's just atoms. Um, isn't this really all about self-love? Patriarchy has conditioned us to judge ourselves harshly as it steals our power. The male gaze becomes internalized for many women, a paradigm. Yes, um, yeah. The idea that like, we're supposed to exist for the eyes of others is insane. Like we've been trained to believe that like, I hope a man will like me. I hope a man will pick me. It's all about like, will a man want me even are so many of my friends who are lesbian, who aren't even like looking for men to marry still for so many years had the male gaze in mind because that's what we're trained four. Um, yes, a paradigm we need to deconstruct a hundred percent. Um, like if we can separate ourselves from the male gaze in general, that will help us so much. Um, just in our journey to being confident in our bodies. Okay. Why do you think some people are offended when obesity is talked about as unhealthy? Well, people are offended because that is offensive. Just in general, and if if you're new to that concept that it is offensive, I want I'll explain to you. So <clears throat> there's actually like a really big difference between correlation and causation. So a lot of times we we are taught, in a lot of ways, that obesity causes disease, <clears throat> but actually this the evidence that we have, and I'm not a doctor, but I follow a lot of doctors who talk about this, um, and I'll I'll happily share those with you guys if you have, if you want to know, but um what we have the information we have is actually correlation so we actually it's a chicken and an egg situation like we don't know what causes what um if if obesity causes diabetes if diabetes causes obesity like we do not know like literally the information is not there so it isn't something we can prove and therefore it is not fact however we do know it's correlated so that that is why it's a conversation that gets brought up specifically around obesity now it's offensive because you do not know the medical experience of anyone ever. Um, literally, people think I don't know how to eat vegetables. Like, people, like... I'll be in the comments like, like Lizzo, like someone commented on Lizzo's post recently and was like, eat a vegetable, but the woman is vegan. Like she eats uh, only vegetables. And so people have like this, like really intense preconceived idea of like what food is like and what exercise is like for a bigger body person that is so often inaccurate. Um, for like my husband and I, like he jokes, like he's a thin bodied person and he's like, you're like, way healthier than me. Like I'm obsessed with health. Like it's just, it's actually like sometimes neurotic. Um, so I have to like, that's my problem is like being more restrictive. I can overly, um, restrict. I used to like overly exercise, overly restrict. And now I try really hard to not do that. Um, but people, but that this is offensive because it's such a stereotype of an idea of what a fat person is. That's inaccurate at the same time, let's say I was a fat person who happened to have diabetes. Um, I didn't, it's like, it's really ableist, quite frankly, to be obsessed with the health of other people. Like, I don't look at someone who had, like, we don't judge type one diabetes, right? We don't judge, like, it's this idea of like, you are supposed to, Be healthy. And the only way that we're going to be really obsessed with that is if we think it's your fault. If I can possibly blame you for what you've done to make yourself unhealthy, um, then I'm going to do it. We don't blame people for getting cancer. We don't blame people for things that we think that they cannot control. But the reality is we do not. First of all, that's rude. Second of all, that is also, um, that's not fact, right? That correlation, not causation. So we do not know which one is which we do not know. Like you do not know. Third of all, it's none of your business. Like no one else's health is any, is anybody else's business. Um, my, that is like strictly between that person And whoever they want to invite on that journey with them. So if you, if they want to invite their doctor on that journey, if they want to invite their husband or their partner on that journey, that is their business. But if you're not part of that, it's really weird to care. Like, I just like cannot get my head around the idea that like, it's, it's, and what I really believe it is, if I were to take a guess is just your own fear and insecurity being projected onto someone else. So in that situation, if I'm someone on the receiving end, so for those who are like, why is this wrong or bad or offensive? It's wrong and bad and offensive (laughs) because one, you're making a lot of assumptions about who a person is based off of their body and you're not right. You don't know. Second, it's none of your business. (laughs) Third, it's ableist. Even if you were right and they were unhealthy, it's it's ableist. It's like you're putting certain physical health categories into a you failed or you succeeded, and that's really rude. So um, that's why it's offensive. If you're someone who's on the receiving end of that. Um, <clears throat> it's totally okay to just remember that this is really about them. Like their obsession with my body is about them. It has nothing to do with me. It's just their experience with their body and their fear and their medical insecurities being projected onto me. Okay. Next is how to love your body well, while also having health and physical goals. I got you. This is, I love this one. Um, Think about your health, focus on your health. It's not about, let's say, I go to the doctor, um, and I have high blood pressure. For example, that's what people always think. I have really good blood pressure, by the way. <laughs> um, but people assume, you know, that's like the thing we always think. Oh, they must have high blood pressure. They must have diabetes. Um, so let's go. say so you go to the doctor, and you have high blood pressure, and then you know what what lowers blood pressure. Aerobic exercise lowers blood pressure. Um, eating not eating processed foods lowers blood blood pressure. Do those things, lower your blood pressure. You don't have to lose weight in order to lower your blood pressure. You can just do the healthy activities in order to get the results you want for your body. Like, we don't ever have to talk about body size when we talk about health. We can actually just talk about health, like our actual health, because they are not necessarily connected. (laughs) So, when you think about it in a health at every size mindset of like, you can be any size and still be healthy. You can focus on your health at any time without thinking about your body. You don't have to look at them as connected. You can look at just, I want to feel, for me, I think a lot about, like, I want to be really agile when I'm older. That's really important to me. So I do yoga every day. I want to be able to be flexible and move my body and not have, like, stiff joints when I'm in my 80s. So that's really important to me. Um, I want to have a lot of energy. What foods give me energy? Um, ice cream makes me really tired and kind of doesn't make me feel really good. So I will eat a little bit less ice cream or eat ice cream less, less often because I don't like the way it feels in my body. Um, if you haven't read intuitive eating, it's a really good book to kind of get the information into like, it's not about just eat whatever you want, which you can't, I do I don't care what you eat. Like you can eat as healthy or as unhealthy as you want. That's not, but if you're concerned about being healthy, then start paying attention to what your body wants. Your body literally will tell you, like it will tell you, you want vegetables, you want grains, I want some vinegar today. Um, and you can just eat the good foods, move your body in ways that make you happy and give, you know, have those health goals that you want for yourself, but like don't make them about your body. Just leave your body out of, like your appearance of your body um, and just focus on the health of your body if that is important to you. Um, how can you be in good relationship with your body through confusing illness? Oh, I have that one in the back. I have like gone through the mud with that one. So if many of you don't know, I got really sick back in 2019. We now know it was probably COVID. Um, but I've been having like really difficult lung issues for about, I mean, we're like two or three years now we're now pretty sure it's just like long COVID and we're, we're working to recover from it. But y'all, the way, the level of betrayal that I felt from my body, it was so intense, right? Just feeling like disconnected from my body. Like I can't be in my body. Like my body wasn't taking care of me. Um, I felt like really confused by it. It was also hard because a lot of my confidence at the time came from physical activity I think that's like one of the biggest confidence builders for me has always just been exercise like I just my self-esteem goes way up when I'm regularly exercising um like I think it's like you know, the chemicals and all that but um so that was really hard for me as I was like I can't do aerobic exercise right now because it my lungs won't let me um and so I had to kind of create had to see like is this love that I have for myself going to last even when I can't lean on the things that I know will always work? Can I love myself if I'm not, you know, running every, every few days or playing tennis or doing these things that I love to do that like make me really happy and make me feel confident? Can I still love myself there? And that took some time. The other thing that I have learned, and this is going to be TMI guys, it's gross, but I, I, got COVID a few weeks, like a month ago. And I um was very, very sick. And I was, things were just being pulled out of my body, <laughs> rejected from my body. And um the way that I kind of like made it through that is I just sat and I thanked my body for knowing what it needs to do, right? Like, you're my, you know how to ha- take care of me, you know, how to get sickness out of me, you know how to, um, work with me on this. So when I get this, like, so then I, that kind of moment of appreciating my body for doing something that I did not enjoy very much. Um, but because I knew it was for a good reason, it was for a good purpose. Like it was trying to heal me. I kind of like took that into my lungs and just started thanking my body for my lungs. So, you know, it's like, oh, I'm coughing a lot because my body knows there's things in my body that need to come out. Um, my, my lungs feel weird because they're working to heal. They're repairing and just kind of seeing those sensations as like a loving act from my body instead of, um, a rejection from my body or like a, a bad thing that's happening to me that I have no controller. Does that make sense? So I think just kind of holding gratitude for the fact that like our bodies are just doing the best they can to Their literal job is to keep us alive and they're working so hard. And so just kind of holding that space for them can help when you feel frustrated by your body or disconnected from your body. Um, and I know sometimes when you're having these like chronic health things going on, it feels really unsafe to be in your body, like to stop and actually like be in your body, but, um, allowing yourself that space to like embrace that and to send love in there. Um, when you feel safe to, I'm not saying like every time you feel triggered, you have to do that because you know yourself better than I know you. Um, and what you need better than I do. But when you feel that way, you can kind of take that time and be grateful. Um, <clears throat> all right. The last question I have that came in earlier is I have body issues related to betrayal trauma. How do I stop seeing my body through their eyes? So what I'm kind of guessing has happened here is that you had someone in your life cheat on you and then they blamed your body for that. Um, And so therefore, like now you're experiencing your body as like something that isn't lovable. And if that's the case, I just want to say like the reality of what's happening here is that they're blaming your body for their weakness they were not able to communicate with you effectively. They were not able to be an adult in the situation and to say like, Hey, something's not feeling good to me in this relationship or something's not working for me here. And instead of doing that, they chose to be sneaky and like do weird stuff and, um, harm you in the process and likely harm themselves and probably other people as well. Um, it is not your body's fault that they couldn't communicate with you. It is not your body's fault that they were weak in that situation. Um, that is, that is just them trying not to be responsible for their own behavior. It really has nothing to do with you. Um, so really start working on all of the things we talked about before, really spending some time with your body, getting to know your body, looking at your body, touching your body, get comforting, remembering that your body is not here for the male gaze specifically, um, or the case of anyone, your body is here to be lived in and enjoyed and to have a beautiful life in and surround yourself with images of people and videos of people who have the body that you're afraid of having and who are living beautiful, magical lives and let yourself remember that like, this is not real, that, that their experience, like the way that they're trying to brainwash me into believing that their weakness is my responsibility, um, actually has nothing to do with you and everything to do with like their inability to communicate their lack of impulse control. Um, it's not, it's not your body's fault. Um, thank you friends. That's all the questions that have come in ahead of time. So can we talk about anything that you guys have want to talk about or any questions you have? Um, they said weapon using a possible insecurity to absolve themselves from responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they saw what they could use to make you not look at them anymore. Like if I can convince you to look at yourself and just like what's wrong with you instead of actually looking at what's wrong with me, then like, I'm not going to have to carry the shame around. Um, or I can pretend like I didn't do something shameful. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I feel like I really wanted to say, but I didn't, I didn't say, um, well, just to see if you guys have more questions, please come in. The books I referenced. So, Um, intuitive eating is a really good one. Also Dr. Joshua, I think his last name's Woolrich has a book called food is not medicine. Um, that's really good. And there's a podcast called maintenance phase. I haven't listened to that podcast personally. Um, but I have friends who highly recommend it and they have a lot of like episodes specifically around the statistics of like health and, and body, um, cases I have missed seeing you. I wondered if you were all okay. Yeah. So I went on vacation for, a few weeks and then I got COVID. And so I disappeared. Um, But I'm back and I'm excited to be back. Thanks for caring. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there's anything lingering that I like really want to say. And I really think like the things that have helped me the most are the following. Separating health from the way that I look. So owning the fact that like, okay, what I want to feel like has nothing to do with what I want to look like. So I can, I can eat, move my body, do whatever I want to do in order to feel the way that I want to feel and separate that from weight loss, which is how I thought I either have to lose weight or I need to just, I do whatever, whatever I want. Like it's for so long, I think diet culture trains you to think like either I'm starving myself or I'm doing whatever I want. Um, and and whatever i want is really what i think other people want like i like i like the idea of like oh eating chicken nuggets and fries is like a thing that we're supposed to want because like we're supposed to want unhealthy things like that's more fun or something but then when you really listen to yourself and listen to your body like that's not usually what you want like you kind of just the truth is like that's probably not what you want um <clears throat> but you know even if that's what you want i don't care like it's nobody else's business, but, um, Ashley, Ashley said tip is to follow your, um, Sarah Jane case rights account. It was really impactful for me. Yeah. I talk a lot more about body over there. Um, I don't post over there as much anymore, but there's like so much over there that, um, you can absolutely go read. He said, sometimes I want my body and brain to do more, but all at once to do is lay down. I would have to check myself and see if I had done enough for the day. Do you go through this. I'm an Enneagram seven too. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think sometimes I think what I hear you saying and how I relate to it is like, oftentimes I want my body to do more than it wants to do that day because like my brain has infinite energy and sometimes my body gets tired for a lot of my life. I still struggle with this. Now I can live from here up. So I can convince myself that I can handle anything and I will just do whatever I want to do as much as I want to do it. And I will like work all day and then I'll go for a run at the end of the day or I'll like, you know, I have like this really intense morning routine and I'll just kind of like go, 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 go from like morning to night. And then, um, one day I get sick and it forced me to rest and I'm like, okay, this is my forced rest. And then when I get better, I'm like, okay, we're back to, we're hitting the ground running. We're back at it. Um, But what I'm trying to do more of now is to pay attention to the signals that my body sends me throughout the day. Like, um, actually we're tired. Let's take a break. Um, actually we're tired of sitting down. Let's go for a walk. Actually we're really thirsty. Let's like, pause what we're doing, even if we're in the middle of a task and like, go get some water. Um, Just being in consistent relationship to my body and the messages that she's sending me instead of like leading with my brain. So all of us head types like five, six, and seven, especially we can really just kind of like go and just assume that everything is up here and drive with our heads. And sometimes that really prevents me from listening to the messages that my body's trying to send me, which are valuable. Um, how would you speak to your child about this? Probably too broad of a question, but especially in the summer, my kids want sugar and I start to demonize food, which isn't helpful. Okay. Yes. Okay. I love this question. I have done that too. I totally understand. Um, I did it last night in a conversation. I was like talking about processed food because our kid was a vegetarian and I'm worried about his protein intake, but I was like, um, I don't want to feed him like veggie corn dogs or whatever because I'm worried about processed food. And I was like, geez, I'm like, just, yeah, it's like so deep in there. That being said, um, one, I don't talk about my body in a negative way in front of my kid, like ever, ever, ever. Um, I, I generally don't anyway, just out of habit, but like I, I wouldn't if, um, someone, I hear someone talk about someone else's body in a negative way. I call it out. I address it directly. And we communicate about it. Like, Hey, we don't talk about people's bodies like that. Or, um, I talk, I told him about body shaming, what body shaming is, we talk about how health isn't correlated to your body size. So like, if you want to focus on your health, then you don't have to like, because a lot of cartoons correlate people eating to being fat. Um, so we've had to have that conversation a lot of like, first of all, he sees me live my life and he knows that's not what happens, but like, I just want to communicate really clearly with him. Like all fat people are not obsessed with food and lazy. Like that's not real. Um, I know that media is telling you that that is real. That is not real. So that being said, we don't talk about bodies like in a negative way. Um, Second of all, we talk about like, I kind of just, when he was really young, told him, what I wish someone had told me when I was really young, which is like, what does a meal need to have in order for it to be nutritious? Because I was trained. I was at his age, you know, like 9, 10, like going to Weight Watchers, um, learning to eat as little as possible, learning not to eat a well-balanced meal, learning that food is the enemy and that like the only way for me to be a good person is to eat as little of it as possible, So instead, I tell him, like, okay, what does this food do for our bodies? Right? Like, um, cucumbers are really hydrating. Um, berries have a lot of fiber and antioxidants. Uh, you know, we, we need carbs. We need protein. We need healthy fats. Like teaching him what a, what a complete meal looks like so that he knows what a complete meal looks like. So I told him that so young that now he just eats that. Like, like his brain is like, well, this is what a complete meal looks like. So if he made breakfast for himself and it doesn't have like fruit or vegetables in it, he knows I'm going to go make some, get some fruit and vegetables because it won't be a meal unless there's like fresh fruit and vegetables. Like that's just how we talked about it. Um, so yeah, we don't talk about bodies. We don't talk about health related to bodies. If we see someone else doing that, we talk about it, we address it. Um, the other thing is it's always about like, we always talk about, like, what you can add in, not what you take away. So, like, it's not, like, bad to eat ice cream, but fruit's going to have more nutrients for us. Um, So, do we want, let's, like, most of the time we're going to eat fruit, but sometimes we can have ice cream because ice cream's really yummy, like, and delicious, and um, totally okay in moderation. And, yeah, so that's kind of how we think about it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else Yeah. So, um, I think that's kind of, I think that's the gist of it. I'm trying to think if there's any other area of parenting where that's something we have to talk about. Oh, we talk about like fat when we talk about fatness. We, he, for a while. So for me, I don't think calling myself fat is body shaming. I don't think of that as a body shaming thing. I think of it as just like true. Um, I think like the term overweight is weird because it implies that there's like a correct weight or a bad weight or a good weight. Um, fat is just like what's on our bodies. And so when we talk about it, um, sometimes he'll think like, oh, fat is body, fat is body shaming. If the word fat is body shaming. And so I'll say, actually, everybody has fat. Every single body has fat. Some people have more fat. Some people have less fat. Um, some people have like more fat in one area and less fat in another area. Um, so it's not about like, is, you know, who is this bad? It's just like, this is inevitable. It's just how much and where. And like, that's all neutral. Everybody's different. So that's kind of how we talk about it. Um, any other questions, friends? we got 10 more minutes. I'll hang for a few more minutes, and if no more questions come in, we'll, we'll close. But um, just in case, we'll hang out. I think, like, when I think about, like, being a child, you know, and learning to hate my body, that came from th- – hearing my mom talk about her body, right? Like how my parents talked about their bodies or other people's bodies, but also like directly being told that like my body is like what's important about me and it needs to look a certain way. Like I was like trained to suck in my stomach at a certain age. I was trained, I was brought to go dieting at a really young age. I was like told how to like hide my stomach in certain ways based off of how I dressed. Like it was like trained into me. So I think like when we get kind of like, oh, I've demonized a food and I feel like a bad parent, like that, you know, demonizing it one time is a way different than creating a culture of shame. Um, Oh, I love that. So you should post something for kiddos to watch. It's fabulous. Um, I wonder if there's anyone who is doing that. If I can find someone who's doing that, I'll I'll make sure to share that because kiddos definitely deserve safety in their bodies. Okay, friends. Um, well we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap it up here. I wanna um yeah, but if you have further questions, I'm happy to answer. Um this is Soda Here is a Filipino American. I thought body shaming was unique to my culture. It's very valid. Oh yeah, no. I mean I think every culture is gonna have a different experience with it and like different levels of it, how it works, but definitely we're deep in it. We're deep in it here. <laughs> um my family we were we were really who struggled all right friends thank you so much for joining me and um we'll do another one sometime I do have I'll try and find I have a podcast about this that I'll put up that ha- goes into more of like actual statistics about like why we don't correlate health to body size or like why we don't um, connect those two things like how we can be healthy and have a different have all these different body sizes I'll also share the books and the accounts that I recommended um, and stories today bye